0: Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable, for now and into the future. So let's get started.
1: Hey everyone, it's Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, What Do the Data Really Say About Essential Oils? Not all essential oils are snake oil. We know because we tried them, by John Berardi and Tom Nicola. Outrageous claims aside, essential oils do have actual health benefits. Here's the real deal, including data from our very own and very successful self-experiments. Here's what John and Tom have to tell us. Earlier this year, I willed my testosterone level to increase by 26%. I also successfully wished my 10 years and counting knee pain away. And I used some magic vapor to reduce the number of sick days in my family, which includes three germy kids. What sort of wizardry is this? Well, just a little science and a healthy dose of therapeutic essential oils. I know, I know. The claims about essential oils, they can help with sleep, mood, hormone levels, and more, can sound like scammy woo-woo nonsense. The worst health advice the internet has to offer. Yet there's intriguing scientific data suggesting that some of the potential benefits of essential oils might just be a reality. For example, I've seen several case studies showing 25 to 35% increases in testosterone among hypogonadal, low-testosterone men who ingested essential oil from blue spruce. And here's a spoiler alert, I saw the same increases when I experimented with blue spruce myself. And another example, frankincense essential oil comes from the resin of the boswellia tree. Boswellia is highly touted in the supplement world for joint pain and arthritis. Ironically, some of the same people taking boswellia in supplement form still end up mocking the use of essential oils. Personally, I found it to be really helpful for my occasional knee pain. Eh, Sure, you argue, small-scale trials and simple case studies don't prove or disprove anything, but these are more than speculation and anecdotes. In my opinion, they're enough to start a conversation, maybe even spark laboratory scientists to start looking more deeply into what essential oils do in larger groups and more controlled settings. And as always, it usually takes science a little while to catch up. In the meantime, I've been experimenting with the help of my friend and colleague, Tom Nicola. Tom knows everything there is to know about the current state of the science on essential oils. He's an impressive writer and researcher in his own right, and, full disclosure, he believes enough in the merits of essential oils that he's now focusing his career on them full-time. He joined his wife's website, HealthyLivingHowTo.com, through which they sell and educate about essential oils. Biased? Well, maybe. At the same time, he delivers a fantastic roundup of essential oil intel. So what follows is the best, most helpful, and most comprehensive essential oil article I've seen to date. Enter Tom. So what are essential oils? Essential oils are the volatile liquids found in a variety of plants, trees, shrubs, and citrus fruit rinds. They're what give herbs, flowers, and fruits their distinctive scents. They're also some of the oldest known natural health products. For several thousand years, people all over the world have been extracting these oils using methods such as steam distillation, coal pressing, resin tapping, or absolute extraction. Essential oils aren't there by accident or just because a flower decided to smell nice. The chemical compounds help the plants function and fight pathogens, disease, and stress. For instance, these compounds can act as chemical messengers and hormones, They can protect the plant from bacteria, fungi, and viruses. And they can protect the plant from environmental stressors, such as heat. These active compounds are such small molecules that humans can easily absorb them through the skin, nasal passages, lungs, and digestive system. Since plant physiology is similar enough to our own, we can get therapeutic benefit from some of the oil's constituents. Of course, every essential oil affects the human body in different ways based on the dozens or hundreds of compounds in each oil. For example, peppermint has more than 40 known constituents, and probably a bunch of unknown ones. It's been shown to soothe the digestive system, relax tight muscles, be mentally and physically stimulating, and help lower blood lactate levels during exercise. Now I have to admit, I started out as a major essential oil skeptic. My wife first brought some oils home and got pretty deep into researching and using them, I thought it was all crock. Despite all of the research studies I'd read, professionals I'd learned from, and nutritional products and supplements I'd designed for top companies, I hadn't seen much info on essential oils. Now, I work in the fitness industry, and is usually at the forefront of natural products and alternative therapies. Since no one in fitness was talking about these oils, I mistook this lack of dialogue for a lack of data. To me, essential oils smelled nice, they were used in mind body programs, and they're popular with non scientific, new agey types, not scientists. But I was sharing a house with someone who kept insisting there was good science, so I decided to take a deeper look. I even did some self experimentation. First, I immersed myself in the available research and books on essential oils, and there's more than you think. I did before and after blood testing and experienced a marked improvement in my hormone balance. For example, I saw a 34% increase in my testosterone levels using blue spruce oil. A little later, I ruptured my distal bicep tendon deadlifting. Not a thrilling experience, to say the least, but I took it as an opportunity to test the effects of certain essential oils on supporting the healing process, in conjunction with nutrition, exercise, physical therapy, and cryotherapy. The rehab team frequently commented on how quickly I was recovering and how great I smelled. In the end, I was back to normal deadlifts in half the time the surgeon said it would take. Over time, based on the research and my own experience, I became a believer. In fact, I kicked myself for not looking into these natural products earlier. At the same time, I had, and continue to have, some concerns. Like many products in the health and fitness space, essential oils are the subject of many outlandish claims that are either patently false or unverifiable. Here's my take on what the science and personal experimentation shows, and where I remain cautious and even skeptical. The three most common methods for using essential oils are topical application, inhalation, and ingestion. Most pure essential oils can be used all three ways. But be careful, not all essential oils are pure. So let's talk about using essential oils beginning with inhalation. Essential oils are most known for their odor hence the term aromatherapy. Inhaling essential oils stimulates any of more than a 1,000 receptors in the nasal cavity, which transfer signals through the olfactory bulb to the limbic system, the center of our emotions. From there, they can affect the autotomic nervous, endocrine, and immune systems. When essential oils reach the lungs, they pass from the alveoli into the capillary blood vessels. Once in the bloodstream, they are small enough to pass through the blood-brain barrier. Inhaling certain essential oils may improve mood, emotions, and libido, may support sleep quantity and quality, may increase focus or alertness, and or reduce feelings of stress or occasional anxiety. All right, now let's talk about topical application. You can apply essential oil on its own or diluted with a carrier oil, such as avocado, coconut, olive, or sesame. Diluting essential oils minimizes the sensation on the skin and slows absorption especially important if you're using the oil on a child. It allows you to spread the oil across a larger surface and helps the oil's effect last longer. After penetrating the skin, essential oils can act locally. For instance, on your knee, if you've rubbed the oil on your knee, or they can act systemically throughout the body. If you're looking for a systemic effect, one of the best places to apply the oil is on the soles of the feet, since the pores there are large and essential oils are thus absorbed quickly topical use of certain essential oils may help target specific areas such as the sinuses, lymph system, or the stomach. They may have the benefits associated with inhalation and or relieve muscle soreness or joint stiffness from workouts or other minor aches and pains. All right, let's talk about the third option, ingestion. The ingestion of essential oils might be one of the most debated topics in alternative health today. I would not under any circumstance recommend ingesting cheap, perfume grade essential oil. Although most pure essential oils can be ingested, there isn't always a good reason to do it. Research indicates that ingesting certain essential oils may help us digest and absorb food, help relieve occasional digestive distress, help relieve symptoms of digestive issues like gingivitis, colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, and dysbiosis, and support the immune system and or support normal inflammatory levels. Personally, I've noticed my stomach feels much better after consuming certain essential oils with food. I've also heard this from many other people, so take that for what it's worth. And here's a heads up. The first time I took blue spruce oil, I dropped it in a capsule and swallowed it with a tall glass of water. A few minutes later, I burped and it tasted like I'd eaten a spruce tree. And that's because essential oils are hydrophobic, meaning they rise to the top when mixed with water. Taking them with a fat-containing meal or a small amount of carrier oil helps disperse them through the digestive system and eliminates pine forest burps. All right, now you might be wondering, where's the science? Well, one of the arguments against essential oils is that there isn't enough research on them. Without multiple double-blind placebo-controlled studies, what do we really know? Well, simply put, this isn't true there has been a significant increase in published research on essential oils in recent years, from less than 300 only 15 years ago to now almost 1,200. Scientists are beginning to test various oils and their constituents. Unfortunately, we'll probably never see as many double-blind, placebo-controlled trials on essential oils as there are on pharmaceuticals or patented supplements. Not because they don't work, but because essential oil research is really expensive. With as many as a few hundred constituents per plant, each offering a different health benefit, study designs can vary dramatically. For example, there's evidence that chamomile oil has anti-inflammatory and anti-cancer properties and may help with symptoms of the common cold, cardiovascular conditions, colic or diarrhea, eczema, gastrointestinal conditions, hemorrhoids, osteoporosis, sleep quality, diabetes, wound healing, and anxiety. Chamomile may even boost quality of life in cancer patients. To do large-scale, repeatable studies on just one of the effects observed from this essential oil would be quite expensive. And of course, no one wants to pay for the research. Supplements and pharmaceuticals are often patented. Companies that own the patents do whatever studies they need to prove that their products work. But plants that essential oils come from are living things in the public domain and therefore can't be patented. And where there's no patent, there's often no profit. And the body of evidence is also too muddy. Plants grown outside their normal environment will not produce the right mix of constituents for therapeutic use. Oils that weren't distilled properly lose constituents. Unfortunately, some research studies have used these subpar oils, which yield subpar results. Now, at the same time, that doesn't preclude good science being done on essential oils. So introducing Dr. John Berardi's experiment, Essential Oils for Testosterone and Growth Hormone. Case studies suggest that blue spruce oil and balsam fir oil can support optimal testosterone and growth hormone levels, respectively. Dr. Berardi decided to try this out on himself, and here's his report. The method, step one, get a baseline. For baseline measures, I tested morning fasted levels of dozens of blood chemistry markers. I used the Wellness FX Wellness Complete package. This included hormonal markers like total testosterone, free testosterone, sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG, insulin-like growth factor one, IGF-1, luteinizing hormone, LH, and follicle stimulating hormone, FSH. Step two, add experimental substance. After that, I ingested four drops of blue spruce oil, and four drops of balsam fir oil with breakfast, and again with dinner for eight weeks. To do this, I simply added four drops of each oil to an empty supplement capsule, closed it up, and washed it down with water at each meal. During this time, I kept my diet, exercise program, and usual routine the same. After eight weeks, I repeated the same morning fasted blood tests, and here were the results. Total testosterone, up 26%, IGF-1, Up 18%, and free testosterone, 10%. They all went up. And this makes sense as the LH and FSH both increased pretty substantially 78% for the luteinizing hormone and 50% for the follicle stimulating hormone. And you can see charts on these results online in today's article. Now, as for comments, 8 drops per day of blue spruce and balsam fir did increase markers of testosterone and growth hormone me. To demonstrate that this isn't an isolated thing, I recently saw a report where three hypogonadal men were given the same dose of blue spruce oil, and they had similar elevations. Also, a good friend of mine saw a 34% increase in total testosterone with blue spruce oil. So maybe this works for men across all ranges of testosterone production. Online in today's article, you can also see a chart where the data was plotted over two years before the blue spruce oil was used. And to give you some context, the first four measures are the baseline. These are the testosterone levels collected over those two years and they're pretty stable. While the fifth measure was taken after a few months of using blue spruce alone. Eight drops a day, no other major lifestyle changes. And what you'll see in the chart is that 35% increase above the average baseline. There's also a sixth measure that was taken after cutting back to four drops a day with no other major lifestyle changes and the seventh measure was taken after going back to eight drops a day, with no other lifestyle changes. And sure, none of these data are part of a peer-reviewed research project, but they're enough, at least for me, to think it's worth further investigation. All right, now all this being said, here's a summary of some of the more interesting published research available to date on essential oils. And for a full list of references, make sure to check out the reference section at the end of our article online at precisionnutrition.com forward what dash do dash the data dash really say dash about essential dash oils. All right, let's get into it with our first essential oil, peppermint. Now, peppermint may improve athletic performance. In studies, one drop of peppermint on the tongue or in mineral water was associated with improved grip strength, vertical jump, and standing long jump, visual and auditory reaction time, and heart rate variability for both 5 minutes and 60 minutes after use. It was associated with improved lung capacity and blood lactate after 10 days of daily ingestion. Carbohydrate metabolism increased, suggesting an increase in energy production and muscle tissue. Heart rate during exercise also improved. With inhalation of peppermint, a decreased quarter-mile run time, and an increased push-up performance and grip strength. It also may improve GI health. Peppermint has shown to relieve discomfort and occasional abdominal pain by relaxing the smooth muscle of the digestive tract. And it may give you good looks. Peppermint was also shown in an animal study to significantly stimulate hair growth. Okay, let's move on to lavender. Lavender is the most often used essential oil in the world. It's also the most adulterated as the demand far exceeds the supply. The oil is distilled from the flowers. Now, as for its effects, what well, it may improve sleep. Inhaling lavender before or during the early stages of sleep enhance deep sleep and or improve sleep quality. It may also improve relaxation and calm. Inhaling lavender can lower autonomic nervous system arousal, i.e. the stress response, including lowering blood pressure, heart rate, and skin temperature. It has been shown to lower cortisol levels and or can stimulate alpha wave brain activity, which tends to happen when our brain is idling daydreaming, or meditating. When lavender and rosemary, which have somewhat similar scent profiles, were compared, lavender was relaxing while rosemary was stimulating. It may also decrease pain. Among women who had had cesarean sections, those in the lavender group showed a significantly lower level of perceived pain at 4, 8, and 12 hours post-op. And it may improve focus and trust. Lavender reduced reaction time, which would be expected since it is sedating but interestingly, it helped enhance attention during a long-term task. Smelling lavender also increased feelings of interpersonal trust. Alright, our next essential oil, citrus. Citrus oils are cold-pressed from the rind of the fruit, and may calm us and boost our mood. Oil of bergamot, which is a part of the citrus family, can calm the nervous system, support sleep, increase relaxation, and alleviate occasional feelings of anxiety. Orange essential oil may do the same. Citrus oils may also stimulate us. Lemon and grapefruit, on the other hand, may boost our mood, wake us up, and get the brain moving, which is perhaps why many cleaners are lemon scented. And here are some other interesting findings. In studies, pepper, tarragon, fennel, and grapefruit fire us up. Each of these essential oils each stimulated sympathetic nervous system, SNS activity, 1.7 to 2.5 fold. And pepper oil increased adrenaline concentrations. Rose and patchouli oils chill us out. These inhibited SNS activity. And rose decreased adrenaline levels. Jasmine, meanwhile, improved sleep quality. Jasmine is often used as a perfume, as many find its aroma seductive. Inhalation of neroli, bitter orange, by postmenopausal women lowered blood pressure, increased sexual desire, lowered stress levels, and stimulated the endocrine system. The essential oil of Loris noblis, bay laurel, which is typically thought of as a spice for cooking, when inhaled enhanced alertness and reactions to unpredictable stimuli. And here are some more interesting findings. Animal research shows that ingesting essential oils can aid in relieving symptoms from digestive issues such as colitis and intestinal dysbiosis. About two to three drops per day of lemongrass reduce cholesterol levels in adults with high cholesterol levels. And essential oils high in beta-caryophyllene found in cloves, rosemary, hemp, and hops have antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. beta carophylline BCP, is most highly concentrated in copaiba from a group of South American trees in the Copaifera genus. Interestingly, this constituent is also found in cannabis. And here are some more at-home experiments with essential oils. About 300 essential oils are available worldwide. Some oils have a more pronounced effect on one person than they have on another. So if you want to experiment yourself, get a high quality cold air ultrasonic diffuser and 10 to 12 essential oils. As you gain experience, you'll learn to mix these oils together for various effects. For some examples, check out this less scientific anecdotal data from my own DIY experience. For sleep, my lights out formula is a combination of orange, cedarwood, wood, Lang Lang, and a few coniferous oils. Some people swear by lavender, but it doesn't work for me. For energy, I use peppermint or a rosemary-black pepper blend before workouts. For mojo, blue spruce supports my hormone balance. And to be clear, I'm a guy. If you're female, make sure you get the right mix for you. And of course, if you're pregnant or considering it, use caution. So mojo two, when my wife uses just a few drops of jasmine essential oil as a perfume, I have a hard time keeping my hands off her. Now for digestion, A tarragon, ginger, and anise patchouli blend helps with my occasional digestive issues. And for concentration and creativity, citrus oils, spearmint, and anicha in the diffuser on my desk smell great and keep me focused and productive. All right, so what to do next? Well, as we look to the future, we ought to pay attention to the past. Humans might not have known pharmacology or been able to identify the constituents found in essential oils 3,000 years ago. Early health and medicine was trial, error, and observation. Using anecdotal evidence to learn about health benefits is okay too. Essential oils will likely become far more mainstream in the health and fitness world over the next few years. Until then, consider these next steps. Number one, start with healthy lifestyle basics. While essential oils can have a powerful effect on our health, they can't do it alone. We still must support our bodies with proper nutrition, exercise and lifestyle choices. Once those are solid, essential oils might help you get that little bit of extra improvement. Oils may even make fitness and health come easier since they can boost your mood and help you recover better. Our emotions have a significant effect on our decision-making as well. When we're stressed, bummed out, or irritated, it's much easier to reach for junk food and skip workouts. So I do feel strongly that inhaling essential oils throughout the day can help us make better basic lifestyle decisions. Number two, try essential oils out for yourself. Be objective, collect careful measurements, and if possible, try a control such as a similar smelling oil or different methods of application. Start with a clear baseline and change one variable at a time, such as oil type or method of ingestion so you can track changes. Self-experiments are fun and really enlightening. Number three, stay scientific, skeptical, and curious. If you're comfortable with research, spend some time reading in PubMed, or check out some of the papers or books referenced in today's article. If you happen to be a university or grad student, consider researching essential oils. Based on the current state of the art, I can think of dozens of interesting research questions worth answering. Number four, be wary of grandiose health claims. Nothing cures everything. Even if something has very real effects, those effects will probably be small to moderate and it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Medical problems should be dealt with under the advisement of a competent healthcare practitioner. Though essential oils may help with certain symptoms or issues, they are not a replacement for medical therapy if that is what is advised from your healthcare practitioner. Number five, use high-quality oil. It's estimated that only 2% of essential oils are of therapeutic quality. The rest are made simply to smell nice. When we talk about health benefits, we're referring to high-quality therapeutic essential oils, not the cheap stuff. And number six, get guidance. Few people actually know what they're doing. If you'd like to get some help with self-experimentation or exploring the research, we recommend doing it with the help of an experienced coach or healthcare practitioner. In other words, don't go into the woods without science. This has been Bryce from Precision Nutrition reading today's article, What do the data really say about essential oils? Not all essential oils are snake oil, and we know because we tried them. By John Berardi and Tom Nicola. You can read the article online yourself at precisionnutrition.com forward slash what dash do dash the dash data dash really dash say dash about dash essential dash oils. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great
0: day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.